Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. Joining me today, as always, from the bunker with awful sound is my co-host, Neil Potter. So you got to put some gravy on that. Can you hear that? Come uh, on now. Scream, Neil. Scream. Four topics, 15 minutes each. We're just killing time. Kill it with us. Our Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the number 4C podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen to us on the Laugh Button Network, thelaughbutton.com. Today's guest is a returning guest from show number 110 of this podcast. A great comedian, hilarious rock tour, and if necessary, can play a killer timpani. It's a percussion <laughs> instrument, Neil. His discography is available on all streaming outlets, and his latest recording is entitled Secret Headliner. I recommend you checking this out. He's hilarious. Neil and I get to see him every month or so hosting Zoom trivia so the comics can get together and hate each other's smug asses more. He might have a master's in drumming, but he now has a PhD in hosting trivia for Pains in the Tush. It's Tony Deo! <laughs> You know what's fantastic, Lenny, yeah. is that you said I could uh, play timpani. You could have picked any percussion instrument that came to your mind, and I would have told you I'm very good at it. Timpani, I am terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> and I will, I will tell you why, because uh, the timpani is actually a tuned drum. It has pedals on it, and uh. you... Uh, like, you know, when you play a trumpet, you push down a button and it plays the right note. And a clarinet, you push down the right buttons and it plays the right note. Right. But a timpani, you have this sliding uh, foot pedal and you have to be able to hear the note when it's right. And I was terrible at it. So it it's a drum a that it, I know we had one in when, when I was in band a million years ago. Of course. But you had yeah. to. That's a note like you can play a C yes, it's timpani. A tune, it's a tuned note. Damn. It's not like a bass drum where you just get. <laughs> it to sound like a low note every note that a temp uh plays is tuned to a specific pitch oh my god and you have to change them and a lot of times very quickly you have to uh crank up the low one from a g to a c and you have to know exactly where to put <laughs> like how far to move that pedal so that when you hit that stupid drum a c comes out of it <laughs> oh my god a, a c sharp and it's insanely difficult <laughs> <laughs> All right, I should have picked a different one. I'll come up with another one next time. I'll come with marimba time. is the one you go with next time. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, can Four you play mallet, solo marimba? Can you play any un other instruments other than the drums? At one time, I could play all of them at a basic level because I went to music ed school uh, to be a teacher, and you had to like you go through every single one of them and you learn to play them so that you can teach a kid how to play them. Oh, wow. So I had just a passing ability on every instrument at one time. All right. And then immediately forgot all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me when ask... I went to Texas, I was just a percussion teacher, so I didn't even have to worry about that uh, stuff. I see. Well, let me ask you, can I ask you some, maybe you can answer this. I knew that some of them, like, if you played the piano, it was easier to play, like, I think it was the saxophone or something rather than the clarinet. Like the clarinet and the saxophone people, it's their woods, but they're not as easy to just jump on one to the other, right? Uh, yeah. And 
actually a lot of like a lot of sax players double on the flute because the fingerings are very similar. Uh, maybe that was it. That was it. Um, but like, yeah, which ba- it seemed weird to me, but. But uh, bass guitar they, and lead guitar, people are like I can play the bass, but then if yeah. they have to play lead, they can't do it. What? Yeah, isn't those guitar, are very, very uh, Isn't guitar yeah. guitar? Uh, not really, because the bass is playing just uh, uh, kind no. of a the, uh, not as intricate of a part. A guitar is usually playing a lot more intricate of a part. It has two extra strings, so your fingers have to do a lot more on the fretboard. So wait, and, so when, but when you're playing the bass, the bass goes along with the drum, right? Like they call that. Uh, the... Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the drummer and the bass guitar in a band will want to listen to each other because they're kind of the foundation of the music, and they have to be pretty right uh, t- together. Right. And so the the, yeah. the people playing the that's why the band works or doesn't work, right? Because the right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see. I know a little music. Neil, did you ever play any instrument? I have no musical skills at all. <laughs> <laughs> even even worse, it's like I know I'm going to be terrible, so I don't even like. Even in a pandemic, I haven't even made it like the goal. Like, I mean, it would, the language and playing a musical instrument are two things that everybody tries to do and I still wouldn't do them. I know I'll be bad at both of them. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> well, Lenny, I, do you do that or no? Oh, think, oh, I definitely, I, every once in a while I have a thought that I would like to get one of those, um, things and on the computer and learn my better French. Cause I know a little bit, but then I'm like, nah, I got, I got other <laughs> things to do. I got too much to do with all our projects. And this, you know, I just have so much to do. It's, uh, you know, I keep myself very busy before Birdie gets home. And, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I was like, I, you gotta really commit to it. But an instrument, like starting now at my age to even be mediocre, I mean, I yeah. remember what it was like just to play third clarinet and the practice I had to do just for that. And that was when you were supposedly a sponge and could do it. I yeah. hated it. Yeah. I hated I think- it. If I had a bulk of money, if you come out of this pandemic, go down to the cellar, and you bring up the guitar on stage, I would go. <laughs> yeah, that come, would be Lenny's last night on stage at the cellar. I come in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I come out of the. I come out of the pandemic as a guitar act. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah. Well, this is why I have a theory, Tony, and I want to talk to you about this. So Bruce Springsteen, right. uh, you know, brilliant songwriter, but not the yes. greatest voice of all time. And right. and I'm like, first of all, why is this acceptable, right? It just works because the band is great. <laughs> Hold on. And then yeah. I think it's the same thing. Let me equate this to Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump is right. dumb, you know, so the people who vote for him are dumb. So it's dumb, dumb, right? Springsteen right. is a working man that can't sing. And that's basically yeah. Neil. He's a working man who can't sing. So his favorite band is Bruce Springsteen. Then you get like dumb girls like pop music because dumb girls are singing pop music. You get those vapid, good looking, whatever. You see him in an interview like, well, I do single about my boyfriend, you know. And then so it's dumb girls music for dumb girls. So it's all. And then it's me. I love Steely Dan. And that's like they're sardonic yeah. and jazzy like me. So yeah. it's like, OK, yeah. it's like people who look just like this dogs you know (laughs) (laughs) most of the time you see a person am i yeah i think you are onto something neil uh... neil (laughs) did i lose neil no that 
would mean that you guys are both super smart, right? So you guys both don't like Bruce Springsteen. Is that what you're saying? Um, I'm saying that we have a ear, you know, a pitch, and we probably both like the band, but we don't like his voice. That's what I'm, I'm going on a limb. I don't know what Tony's likes at all. I'm gonna say yeah, Tony. Let Tony me go. Let me go with this, Tony. I'm gonna just by knowing everything about Tony, it's gonna be a little ulti of a band, you know. Um, a little. Um, it's not gonna be like. It's not gonna be pop. Is his favorite band. It's not gonna be. It's gonna be like. And somebody who can play an instrument. He's appreciating the music. So he's gonna be like. Yeah. A Steely Dan fan or somebody. So a bands that actually can play really well. It's not gonna be pop music. Am I right? Uh, you you are. I think you're right. And uh, there's probably many people who disagree with this, but probably the band I've listened to the most in my life is the Dave Matthews Band. Ah, perfect. That makes sense. The drummer, insanely good. One of the (laughs) greatest rock drummers of all time. Okay. And if you've, if even for a guitar player, if you sit down and try to play what Dave is playing, it's so crazy difficult. (laughs) It's not just like. 90% 90% of the music out there today, you can play with three chords. Right. You, uh, just a one, a four, or five. And right. you got it. You can play along with it. You cannot do that. Like, I, I, uh, several years ago, I'd start trying to learn to play guitar. And I have a theory that if you, like, I learned to play drums by just playing along with the radio and playing along with Bon Jovi albums when I was a kid. Right. I was like, okay, I'll just l- learn to play songs that I love. And I wanted to learn Dave Matthews songs, and I couldn't. It was just impossible. It was so hard. Uh, see, Neil, um, he likes my theory. Neil, what yeah. other Neil yeah. likes? Neil likes Springsteen, and it makes total sense because he can't sing a note. And Neil, what? So, give me another band, Neil, that you like. What's your second favorite band? Uh, definitely U two. I mean, they're great. Well, so I would say U two and Bruce Springsteen are the. And as much as I like U two, when I was in college, I they never stuck. It never stuck all the way to now. And also, um, they're famous for not being able to play the instruments when they started. <laughs> I mean, they <laughs> self-taught, right? Am I right? The drummer could play yeah. a little bit, but Edge had no idea how to play the guitar. Yeah, I heard. I saw an interview one time where they played some old like demos of or like the original recordings of some uh, stuff, and the Edge was listening to it, and he just couldn't believe it <laughs> what he was hearing. <laughs> Well, it just shows you. 20- by the way, to jump back to uh, to jump back to Bruce, I saw that uh, Broadway show, and I was really impressed. He was a better piano player than I expected. Ah, well, Neil, you want to tell Tony what you felt? That show? Yeah, and man, I don't cry at anything. <laughs> <laughs> Very few things make me cry. So, uh, Bruce on Broadway, he's not going to do it. Neil loved it so much. He cracked Neil. He cracked Neil. I was crying like a, I was crying like a baby the whole show, and then everyone around me was crying. Even <laughs> you know what? You know what moment did get me though is when he was talking, uh, and I'll mess up the story, but the gist of it was that. Uh, he managed to avoid the draft and he was wondering like what happened to the guys that went in his place. Mm. And that was uh, like, that's when you're like, oh boy, I never thought of it. Did he tell the story about meeting me in Norton in Minnesota? Did yes, tell he that did. did. All oh, right, okay. cool. Yeah. That was in the third <laughs> act of the show. <laughs> <laughs> wait, did, uh, wait, how did you get your first person on Broadway? That, that's why you fight it. Uh, they were not given to me. My 
my wife Carrie Ann was just sort of on top of it. We didn't go through like a like a reseller or anything. She just happened to be like on Ticketmaster at the right time when they went on sale, which has not worked out for us 98% of the time in our <laughs> life when we just want to see a show. But somehow we just got the tickets right off Ticketmaster on that one. Neil had to give a kidney. It was weird. Like $500 for tickets. They, no, they weren't that crazy because I never pay that money for a show. Uh, I think we made uh, 150 maybe. Wow. Are you kidding me? I paid a. I just listening to the story. I'm gonna start crying. If I had to pay a thousand dollars to see that show, I would. Have, I would have started bawling. You know, it's funny. I I got mad one time. My wife won tickets to see Coldplay, and she was out of town. So I went with Andy Hendrickson. <laughs> And I found out afterwards, like what the tickets were selling for and what could I, what I could have made if I just didn't go to this concert. And I was furious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, before we have to wrap up the segment. Um, how's your pandemic going? Has it been a good one, a safe one? Anything? Yes, yep. it's been good. It's been safe. Um, I my son's been home the whole time, which. The upside is we've had a blast. You know, I was right. I was telling him once that his grandkids are going to ask him about this. Yeah. And he's going to say, I had the greatest time of my life. How <laughs> old is he now? He's seven. Yeah. So all through the spring and summer, uh, like Little League was canceled, but they left the field open. Oh, man. So he and I went over to the field and uh, threw the ball around and batted and practiced. And we built Legos and played video games. And we have had an unbelievably great time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the other side of that is my productivity has gone to less than zero. <laughs> absolutely nothing gets done in my life. I'll tell you uh, what, you'll look I'm back okay. on, you'll never remember that part, I think. I will never remember that part. Yep. You're right. Yeah. I now, mean, are you going to get the vaccine? Dude, I'm already scheduled for it. Really? Uh, I don't know if you uh, Yeah, they they decided that comedians are essential workers, so I'm uh You're lying. Not, Come on. I'm lying about that part. Yeah, that's for sure. But I have also uh, spent, uh, I have a friend that works at a private school on the east side. And uh, a few months ago, she asked me to, because I used to be a teacher, and I had done like a trivia night with my college friends. And mm -hmm. I was texting her, and she's like, how's it going? And I was like, ah, you know, I'm tired of not working. Which I meant I was tired of not being a comedian. <laughs> I didn't phrase it that way. And she goes, perfect. I have a job for you. And this private school, the kids are in person learning, but they have some teachers that have to teach remotely. So I am the technical term for it is a proctor, uh, which the, what it basically means is I'm the grown up in the room. So I come in, I make sure the kids get on their Zoom meeting with their teacher, and then I do what I want for 50 minutes. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and that qualifies you to get the vaccine? Yes, because now, uh, just as of Monday, teachers and education workers were open up to the vaccine. Son of a... I'm telling you what, I'm still in the... That? I'm going to be in the comedian pool forever. It, it, I, every time I pass these homeless people on my corner, I'm like, they are going to get that vaccine before I get the vaccine. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Because they're yeah. higher risk, you know? Um, yeah. 
But I'm hoping somehow Leslie, if we do season two supermarket sweep, will somehow weasel us all to get a vaccine before. Oh, that's good. I yeah. don't know. But that's that's my only hope other than that. Or my age now being ridiculously high. Um, they're going to, you know, now it's everybody. I assume qualify. It's 65 or over now, right, Neil, in New York City? Yeah. I'm like, that is dangerously close to me <laughs> getting into this. I mean, you know the next wave is another 10. It's bad. Why don't I roll you into one of those senior centers when they're getting like the day with the vaccine? That I think that's a good idea. I mean, hang out in the corner and act like no one will, no one will know who you are. You'll, they won't know anybody, so it'll work. I think yeah, so. Grab a cane, walk a little hunched over. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in other news, real quick, uh, we're recording this the day after the impeachment. The president got impeached twice. Well deserved. Great job, Donald Trump. And the Steelers <laughs> lost this past week um, and knocked them out of the playoffs And during Zoom trivia, which we're about to talk about. And uh, Neil has been miserable probably for three days being stuck in the bunker in Pennsylvania. Neil, real quick, for, give me 30 seconds, literally 30 seconds, Neil. What's the feeling in Pitt, wherever you are? Are they Pittsburgh fans? Are they all miserable? Or are they Philly fans and they fired their coach? Or are they miserable? Is it just all misery out there sports-wise? Yeah. I mean, in this area I'm in, it's a double whammy. Trump got crushed. <laughs> and then and then this whole thing went really terrible. And then the Steelers lost. It's, it's depressing right now. Uh, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Good times out there. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> second one, second quote I want to do today is Zoom trivia. Let me explain this to people. I don't know if Tony invented this. We'll we'll find out. But every month he has had to figure out a game on Zoom where all these comedians come together. It's got to be like it could be fifty of them. It could be what was the highest number you've ever had, Tony? I think fifty-five was the biggest one. Fifty-five, and they're all on this one Zoom, and then he divides us into teams, and you can throw the people off a of Zoom into their own little room so they can chat. So everybody comes to the middle. He asks a question. We go all to the little rooms. We discuss it like idiots. We yell at each other. <laughs> we put it on a form that you that he's given everybody to mail back at the end of the round, and then he does like four rounds of this. It takes like an hour and a half, two hours. It is literally the most fun and. The only way keeping me sane and also seeing who's still alive, which is either mo the most right. important part of the Zoom and yeah. making sure oh, uh, like, it actually makes you feel like, oh, my God, I did something with friends for one day out of like the next 30. So we yeah. can't thank you enough. I know the comics really oh, appreciate man. it. But how did yeah. you come up with this? How did you did you know, you know, the technology you could do this? Go ahead. Tell everybody. So I did not invent it. I wish I would, could take credit for it, but uh, someone at my wife's company uh, did it with them. Wow. And I, uh, I saw uh, them do it, and, of course, the first thing I thought is, I can do this with comedians. <laughs> so yeah. fine. And it was because I missed seeing everybody, and I just, you know, like, you can't get a bunch of comedians together to just hang out on Zoom because <laughs> – I mean, you're going to get six of them to say yes, and after 12 minutes, five of them will be gone. <laughs> so I knew like a game or something might get people interested. Right. And I started, I guess, back in April, and it kind of started small, and then people kind of heard about it, I guess, or they, I just bugged them enough. And uh, 
they start coming around. But it kind of ended up being, we have, what, about 30, maybe, 25 or 30 that uh, are pretty consistently there. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, if I can be there, I will. I think the one I missed, I was in L.A. I missed one or two. But yeah, that's the only one you've missed. Because um, the time is ridiculous. The time changes. Right, anyway. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, okay, so my wife and I, this week, you had, now, this has grown to the point where one week Brian Regan shows up and everybody's like, oh, my God, is that yep. Brian Regan? <laughs> Like that's crazy, and then this I, week I love what, what I love the most is people don't mute themselves when they say that. <laughs> you can actually hear comedians going, "Is that Brian Regan?" Yeah, and and then Dennis Regan, and then this week you had Jeff yep. Foxworthy, and I'm like, my wife, I yeah. was in the other room. See, Birdie, you start this at nine, and and then Supermarket Sweep ended at nine, so nine is a really good time for us. But Birdie's been going to sleep like right; she falls asleep right before nine, so I'm a little late walking into the thing. But by the time everybody gets settled and kibitzes. I'm there, right? So, yeah. But um, I'm in the other room and I get a text while she's falling asleep, and it's my wife going, Oh my God, Jeff Foxworthy is on Zoom trivia. And she's freaking out, right? And I'm like, yeah. So what? They had Brian Regan, and now this is like this big debate. And then I call Neil's like, Oh my God, Foxworthy. And I'm like, Isn't Leslie bigger than all of that if she came on, Neil? I mean, why is everybody so Foxworthy? I mean, not that Jeff Foxworthy is not a big star, but I mean, so Brian Regan to me is like, God, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure uh, John Fish, who has a very young baby, was not going to play. He was tired. Yeah. And she, Dan Shackey texted him and said, hey, Foxworthy's on trivia. <laughs> and so John's like, no, nah, I got to play now. Um, Why? Almost, Why? What do they think? It that... almost reminded me. Did, did you ever hear the stories back in the like Seattle grunge days where like <laughs> – uh, one of those bands would be playing somewhere. It was unannounced, and everyone would start, you know, calling their friends. Oh my God, Pearl Jam's at whatever basement, <laughs> whatever. Right. And yeah, people yeah. would just start coming in. I felt like that's what happened with trivia the other night. But it was so ridiculous. That's so ridiculous. Like, what do they you think you're gonna you're gonna say something funny on the Zoom, and then Fox is gonna be like, "Who's that guy?" You know, like <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it was just fun because he, like, to me, there was a time where he was just a massive comedy star and like that whole blue collar yeah yeah um tour and everything just you know it, it was insane i got a, a i got a good blue collar comedy tour service so about when they're about to go on that tour right they're about yeah. to go on that tour so that's got to be like i'm gonna say it's about 2003 four Okay. Probably, yeah. I'm at the Montreal. I'm at the Montreal Comedy Festival. I'm a new face, or I'm a, you know, I think I I think it's one of those. And um, yeah. And I was supposed to get he was in he was represented by a guy named J.P. Williams for a hundred years. And Henley, late Henley, could help me with the story, but J.P. Williams ended up with another company called like believe it or not like Four Corners. It was a weird thing. I think it was Four Corners or Four Areas. I forget what. Yeah, he was one. There was a guy in L.A. So because he was like the South, and then this guy was like the the West, and then they were looking for. So the East Coast guy saw me in a club and was like, "I like this guy, right?" And he starts talking right. to me. He wants to manage me, going to Montreal. But at the last second, I pulled the plug. But I got to meet one of the other, the L.A. guy, and I struck up a good conversation with the L.A. guy. So long story short, we end up in Montreal together, and they have like a master show. And who's on the master show? But like Bill Engvalt. Right. And Ron and Ron White. So it's two out of the four. Right. So it's going to be Foxworthy. And I had already heard about everybody had heard about this tour coming out, whatever. And so 
Ron White comes out. I've never heard of him before, and he comes out and absolutely just. I was like, oh my god, this guy's amazing, amazing! Like the whole thing, drink in his hand, Nile. You can't tell. Yeah. I mean, it was a tough, that Master Show is a really tough show up there. The way it's laid out, it's a really weird, tough show. And he just owned the room with those stories yeah. and you know tater salad, this whole thing. Like it was just you could just right. tell this guy was on his yeah. way. Like. Yeah, and then Engvall comes out and he was like closing the thing. Ron White had a cake spot too, right in the middle, and Engvall comes out and closes the thing, and he eats it like nothing I've ever seen. These comics are just better than him, you know. Um, yeah, and <laughs> but he's a big star. Bill Engvall was like a known to do back then, you know. Like I yeah. knew of all the guys on the show, I knew who Jeff Foxworthy was, but I was like, oh, he's hosting whatever. And then right. Angvolt was going to end up going first, and eventually Ron White was going to go last. And I forget who was in the middle. Um, uh, if you say it, I know it. But anyway, was it ca- Cable Guy or? Oh yeah, Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, and yeah. I met him too. Yeah. I had lunch with him up there. Uh, yeah, as that thing, and it, you know, he's like, "Hi, I'm uh, Dan," and I'm like, "I'm sorry, what?" I'm with the, hi, I'm Dan. I'm like, I, wait, you don't have an accent? You're not, and it turns out, no. He's like, just some guy from Nebraska. Hi, I'm Dan Whitney, and that's me. Like, uh, my head blew off my body, you know? Like, you've yeah. got to be kidding me, right? So yeah. so I end up seeing, Cable Guy crushes, that guy, he crushes, Ron White crushes, yep. and then I see Engvall. So I saunter, Engvall's bombing, and I saunter over to, like, that the West Coast guy, in this four corners thing. And I, I'm like, I lean over and I go, meanwhile, they kind of passed. They didn't pass on me. I passed on them, but we would joke that I didn't need any representation. I'm like, I'm like, what? I just lean over as he's bombing into this guy's ear. And I'm like, wow, you represent this guy. He's amazing. You guys are going to murder. Right. And he looked, this guy, I'll never forget. He turns to me and goes in four months, it's not going to matter. Right. That's all he says. I'm like, and sure enough, they went on tour to the South and just that was it. Everything was like, you know, the blue collar comedy tour was like the biggest thing in the world for a year, you know? Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, this guy just put me right back in my place. But I busted his balls about that set. (laughs) I was like, my career might be over after this festival. But that guy, you know, like and he was laughing, laughing because he knew he had just had all the cards. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah. Um, all right, let me talk I about saw, the- uh, I was going to tell one a quick Envolve story. I saw them in, at the, there was a Las Vegas comedy festival in yep. time, and uh, they were trying to launch this, uh, like, Blue Collar, The Next Generation, right. which uh, McKinney. Yeah, McKinney. Yes, he was. Yep. And so I went to see him uh, on that show, and John Caparulo was on there. Yeah, he was and, great. Yep. Uh, yep. And yeah, Caparulo murders. Yeah, he's it killer. It was crazy. Yep. I, I watched that. And, and it's one of those when you're a comedian and you're watching a comedian, comedian murder that hard, yep. you're like, I don't even know if I'm in the right business. Yeah, he <laughs> murdered. I can't he... even imagine doing this. Yep. Uh, but uh, Engvall was hosting the thing and he had to do like maybe 12 to 15 at the uh, beginning of the show. And because um, they were doing it for television, and I could, from where I was sitting, I could see the countdown clock. <laughs> and that dude nailed zero, zero, zero at the end of a joke, <laughs> like <laughs> like NASA. 
hasn't landed a spaceship with the accuracy that that guy hit zero. I couldn't even believe it. And I think it even surprised him, too, because they went to commercial. And he, and he like, said to the like crew, he's like, do you see how close I got that? <laughs> I was like, that was pretty impressive. Uh, you know what? I did that last. This is the saddest thing, but I did that exact thing last year at the Comedy Cellar, New Year's Eve. I'm the guy who's got to be on stage at the Underground, New Year's Eve, right? And Liz goes, I'm going to light you like three minutes before. you got to get off one minute before. You have two minutes, right? So now I'm like... I see that light go on. I know exactly how I have it. And she's, you could see her starting to sweat in the corner. And I know I got it. I don't, I landed it like, man, I wasn't as good as the one you zero, 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 but it was pretty good. I was like, so great. First of all, I hate that spot. It's just too late, you know, right. but yeah. and cause people start to get antsy, but they stood, they stuck right there. The joke landed perfect. I was like, bye. You know, and then <laughs> before they even sang a two, the second of that Olang Zine, I was already on the train. Done. Nice. Yep. All right, well, go. Let's go back to Zoom trivia really quick because I want to cover this. Yes. Um, it has one flaw, right? Yes. <laughs> the honor system. Comedians. Yeah, comedians, and <laughs> but the honor system, the scoring, you can't. It's it's it is cheatable, right? And that's yes. the whole point. Yes. You can't cheat, right. and uh, I. And it's the weirdest part. We we there might be a couple of cheaters. What do you think, Neil? I mean, I, I hope not, but yeah, it seems like, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like if you get everybody in the group, there's enough people that don't cheat the group, but I don't know. It's it's pretty close. It's, what do you think, Tony? It's, uh, it's definitely a cheatable game. Uh, from my perspective, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I can't fathom <laughs> cheating at trivia with your friends. <laughs> That's yeah, me. I mean- it's just like I literally, I, I I cannot envision a scenario where that would even cross my mind. Well, like let me Google this answer <laughs> so that we can get an extra point. Well, like, the, that to me is the, we're not <laughs> playing for anything. That's the thing. It's just right. that's There's the, no money. If there was money. Or some sort yeah. of prestige. Well, like, if you're cheating, and I thought you were an idiot before, I'm not going to go, he's an idiot savant. I'm just going to be like, you're a worse <laughs> idiot, you know? Yeah. And the funny thing, too, is uh, basically nobody even knows who won. Because I give all the teams these silly, like, cereals I ate as a kid, team names. Yeah. So at the end, I say, uh, Captain Crunch won. Nobody knows who the hell was on Captain Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing is that team knows they won, and everyone else knows that they lost, and that's it. There's no honor. There's no bragging rights. It's nothing. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> the at this game is. You're not sending us trophies or anything, as I thought. Yeah, I mean. Yes, there. I mean, no I was. Trophies. Now, uh, we... Wait, I do think that there is an instinct for people. I do see everybody, even in our Zoom room, like when you can't get a question, you're so used to Googling it real quick, it drives right. Yeah, crazy. And then yeah. there is there is rumors of people like having that the whatever app on the music thing, and so that identifies music. I think that yes, there, but but I'm a, I like cheating, but I'm like, why would I? What's the <laughs> 
purpose of cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm like cheating, and I'm a, I love cheating, but I'm like, why would I ever cheat in this fucking game? It's it's beyond belief that I, anybody would cheat because I don't care if anybody. I don't know everybody that well. And it's like, and and my it, would that get me anywhere to be smarter than anybody here? It's like it's bizarre, but. I do think people, someone on there is cheating, but I'm not sure. Well, let me help you yeah. out, Neil. Let me let me try and like have the audience not hate Neil. Neil's not really a cheater. <laughs> He's a corner cutter, if anything. Like, if there's a quicker way to do something, I'm going to go with that. He would never blatantly cheat somebody out of, like, money or anything, but he would definitely cut a corner. Like, if you said use anything you want, Neil would have 900 apps that would do the work for him. But, <laughs> but when... It's funny when we don't know, like Neil had the one this week, you played um like a Belinda Carlisle song, The Joke. Yes. And yep. um, I was like, that voice sounds familiar, but I got nothing, right? And yeah. Neil comes on and uh, somebody said Belinda Carlisle, Neil, go, Neil, go, Neil said, I have that song on my phone, right? And he could have very easily just looked at his phone for the song, but he's like, it's on my, and it drove me nuts. Of course, I'm screaming at him. How do you not know a song that's on your phone? Or at least who sang it? And then somebody said, okay, um, it's Belinda Carlisle. And then Neil goes, yes, that's it. Now, there you go. I mean, that's how you, that's how you suss out an answer. Um, Right. But, you know, we ate it on the song title because Neil you know, fucked us. He couldn't remember the <laughs> joke title, uh, in the, the joke, but uh, it's okay. Um, but that's how you that's how you work it out as a team, and we're actually really good at that, especially Justin is the worst player. We have Justin McKinney, and he is the worst <laughs> trivia player. I don't think he's ever answered one question that none of us else got. Not one. But he, I, thought, I can't remember which one, but I thought you told me he did come through for you guys. He one came time. through for us because he has he actually American history or presidents. For some reason, he knows a yeah. little bit like he has an idea of American history when which we don't. We're more pop culture. So but he will throw a nugget of information in that sparks our memory to be able to get an answer around him like but he's the answer that he instinctively wants with his vast information is wrong. But the nugget of information he gives me to be able to suss it out with the team is good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and he'll then of course when we get it right, he takes full credit. So it makes perfect sense. <laughs> so it's ridiculous. Now um, where do you come? Wait, wait. So where do you come up with all this stuff? Are you like, are you stressing? Are you like, oh god, I gotta. Oh, comics are gonna be dogging me. I gotta get these questions. Where are you coming up with all the questions? Well, he's a music I, uh, guy. I, what's that? You're a music guy, so that that section. Well, yeah, the music one's the fun one for me. I love doing the uh, trying to come up with a, a theme for the music um, and doing that one. That one's the easiest. I usually get it done first, and the rest of them. It, you know, what's funny is it feels like it's getting harder to do it but i know there's just vast vast amounts of trivia in the world i can't have gone through all of it in 12 games of trivia well so if I, gotta... I, I think it's just i'm putting more pressure on myself especially like when i knew fox where they was going to be there i'm like i gotta make this a good game the question's got to be good <laughs> well if i need to help you out i will um, and if I'm not going to be there that week and you could play with these guys, I'm, I'm, Oh yeah, that'd be great. I have, yeah. Wait, I have two more questions. Is, did you think when you started this that we would still be doing this in January? No, I did not. <laughs> I didn't know we'd do it more than twice. Yeah. No, it's fun. 
It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I'll end I kind of hope I, uh, I hope that it's something we can keep doing even after the pandemic, like once every three months or something. Oh, that's that would be cool. Sunday's oh, yeah. usually decent. Possible? Maybe. I, I don't know if everyone will be up for it, and I think it'll be harder to get people together for it, but I would love – it's it's so much fun for me, and it's a group of people that – I don't know that everyone sees each other all the time, but, you know, it's just, you know, I, I would love to keep doing it. I think – okay, two quick yeah. things, and then we got to move on. One is okay. you've been doing it for corporates, right? You picked up a couple real yes. gigs with this yeah. to make real money. Yes. That's incredible. <laughs> because – I I hate virtual comedy so much. I think it's the worst thing to happen to stand up despite right. the pandemic. Yeah, uh, it's just like there's n- nothing about it that resembles comedy to me, right. and I've just avoided it at all costs. But you guys in the group kept telling me I should do it as a corporate event, and uh, I was like, ah, I don't know this. And then I finally. I don't know what made me cross over and go, okay, this is a good idea. So I put together a little reel and then I end up doing a ton of them in December for like corporate. Wow. Like well, that's good money. And yeah. And it's the dumbest, easiest money I've ever made. Yeah, well, there you go. It's not dumb. Because all I did, yeah. it's a different company every time. So I use the same, like yeah. just set of questions. I just, <laughs> I'm a little robot sitting there <laughs> running trivia. So what? That, they, know, they, a, they loved it probably. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Like every company I've done it for has had a blast. Oh, I'm so, sure you have. Yeah. Like Donna from accounting, you're hilarious. You know, like, probably some really fun yeah. stuff. And the other, yeah. the last thing I want to say, and we're going to move on, is um, I wish Vic Henley were here. I would have him on my team in two seconds. First of all, I wouldn't need anybody else. You could get rid of Gina, Neil, Bethel, Justin, oh, Don. I mean, the music thing would be a slam dunk. I would be done with this in four seconds. I mean, every yeah. time we play and I get but off, I go. If we don't have Gina, then we would never win. You know that, right? Okay. Okay. Neil will not give me any credit. Come on, Neil. All right, we're done. Um, Let's go to the third one. This is a very uh, exciting third topic and taking a weird left turn for me. Um, All right. Here's what happened. I'm going to set this up. So um, uh, I have an apartment in Israel forever. I inherited it from my dad who inherited it. It's down the line, right? But we're never going there. My father at one point was going to go with my mother. She passed away. That's the story. We've had it. He collected rent when he was alive from this apartment and kind of lived off of it in his older years. And it was a nice piece of income. And he was always like, I'll want to give it to you. Don't sell it. Just take this income. But I split the income with my sister, and after, you know, whatever, after it's all said and done, it's a nice little chunk for holiday presents every year, and it's great. But my sister, uh, even though I told him to sell it because it's going to be a lot of paperwork, the paperwork is crazy. The, you know, you have to pay into the upkeep of the building. It's like it's all, you know, you're right. owning another piece of property. So we're Suzanne in my, a different country, in a different country, and we don't know anything yeah. in a dangerous country as well. Sometimes, you know, I mean, not, yeah. it's not as dangerous as people think, but. Um, there is no reason anymore to have it, you know, I'm whatever years old and I'm, I'm in my fifties and I, I'm not going over there to live, you know, even though after this last four years may not be the worst (laughs) idea ever, but anyway, you know, we rent it out and we collect this money, but now it looks like we're going to sell it and it looks like we're going to sell it this year. And now there's a chunk of money coming in. So now. My thought was, I'm going to take that chunk of money and just put it in my mortgage here. I bought this so late that by the time I pay off my mortgage here, according to calculations, I will be 85 years old. 
Okay. Right. <laughs> literally, the bank last one I'm going to pay, I'll be my 80s, right? That's not going to happen because yeah. I'm going to make good money. But if I pay this chunk of money off, there's a good chance I'd be like any normal person. You pay it off in your 60s. You know, I could knock right. 20 years off of this possibly. You know, so I'll just yeah. pay it right to the market. And then peace of mind in 10 years, if I paid it off and I own this place, I'd have peace of mind, drop my oh. expenses, <laughs> just pay the maintenance and live like a person, you know? Yes. But a, but my, you know, financial advisor is like, "No, give me the money. You I I take it. I invest it for you. It makes 13% a year, you know. You're making even more money, you know, and and so you're it's working for you. And so you'll have right. you'll have doubled that money in 10 years and if then you you know, the tax liabilities less and blah 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 blah. But right now I'm suffering like a piece of gar, all the money that comes in from all the resources goes right to rent and I mean mortgage and maintenance and all the other New York City stuff. So I live like a pauper when I could just pay it off and every month. But it's like it's just a mindset of having to invest this money. So here's right. the question. Okay, right. two questions. What would you do with the money? And second of all. How much money, and this is the key one, how much money do you need in your savings account um, or and or checking account would you need to feel like you're not poor? Like you could buy stuff, you can breathe. Like even if you spend all the money for the month, you could still have something. Like how much, how much money do you need in that account? So first of all, what would you do? Would you invest the money? Um keep investing it and just pay and live like a pauper or pay it off and get down to the, you know, the minimum, forget it. I'm not, I'm doing it for now and feel better about it. Life. All right. I have an answer for you. Go. <laughs> I'm with you, Lenny. I pay it off. Yeah. Hey, I hate debt, but, uh, and I know if you just look the numbers to numbers, uh, one, is a smarter decision in the end. But what it doesn't take into account is the mental baggage. Exactly. Of that, and that is worth, getting rid of that is worth way more than the extra 2% that, that you're going to have when it's all said and done. That's what I try to explain to my financial advisor. So I, and I actually ask him this one. I go, what happens if I hit the lottery and I made, and I, they, they give me 50, a check for $50 million. Would you let me take the last million you take 49, I take a million and pay off whatever I need to pay off in life. And he's like, no. And I'm like, and that in and of itself just sums it all up. He doesn't give yeah. a shit about debt. He lives in a financial bubble of a world. Right. He realizes what that million dollars would make, but doesn't give it doesn't no skin off a financial guy's ass. Peace of mind. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. Right. To he doesn't me, have a line in his spreadsheet that says Lenny's stress in it. Yeah. Like so. you could eliminate all my stress with that one million out of the 50. And he's like, no, yeah. no, live, right. you're not making any money. Neil, go ahead. Look, I mean, if you got that kind of money, my first thing is you got to take a chunk of it and buy shit. <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is why <laughs> you don't. Why? You have to. You just have to take a chunk of it and either you go on like a European vacation or you buy a car or you just like take a bunch of friends. Like everybody on the quiz thing gets like a bunch of something. Mm, <laughs> I, something. 
I feel like this. You're not taking my question seriously. You're taking into a personal agenda for this money coming in. <laughs> That's what it sounds. I mean, I had to throw that out there that that we would all get something. What do you want, Neil? What do you want, Neil? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe we're talking about water balloons too. Okay. Maybe a little a uh, little movie that you can really make money on a movie. Yeah, you uh, can. So, I would I would spend I would spend money on something. I would take a chunk and spend money. You'd be crazy, Mark. All right, here's the thing. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. It's so that didn't funny. even occur to me. <laughs> but I am That's spending. Not at all like. I am spending money on something. It's called peace of mind. So here's the yeah. second. Here's the B part of this question. So Neil, I know your savings account is probably like 17 cents, but <laughs> if you say let's go to Tony, who probably has a savings account, is there a number in your savings account that you? will be able to just uh like feel comfortable with and here's mine i'm gonna give it i'm gonna start with this for me to feel like the world's not gonna end with any one thing that happens i would like 50 grand in there you know what i mean yeah and for me to feel like i i can do anything and you know what every other penny i will give to this financial advisor I need like a hundred and three thousand dollars because I because I'll play with the three thousand, but I just want to see that a hundred every day yeah. when I log on. I want to see that number, and it was funny because yeah. I was talking to my friend Rob, and he owns these two businesses, and his mom they 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 had a whole thing of putting her into a home because she's really old, and. And they had to like take her money and put it into one of those accounts so it would grow and then pay off every month what she had to live in that home because it's expensive. And it depressed the shit out of her because once they moved the money, her actual account that she looked at, it didn't say that big number anymore. And she got really depressed because people just I just want to see the number will give me again peace of mind. So my number is Neil, one hundred and three thousand. I need to really feel comfortable and cocky with myself. But if I can even get it to 50 at this point, it would be like, okay, I'm not going to have a heart attack every two seconds when I look at my bank account. And it's nowhere near that now. So um, because it's all invested in this stupid property. So, okay, Neil, how much money has got to be in your savings account for you not to feel like garbage? Uh, Tony, you want to go first? No, you go first, Neil. I'll give Tony the second one because I know your answer is going to be stupid, and I want to hear the real right. one from Tony. My first, my first instinct is I would tell you, well, who was your friend, Rob? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would tell him that he should just make up a fake web page so his mom would look at the same number. <laughs> she won't know. It's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> right, like a fake house. Anyway, so for me, I would say I would keep like. For me to look every morning and feel good about myself, I would say like like twenty five thousand would make me so happy because then I that means at any time I could go do anything I want. Okay, twenty five thousand. I could go on vacation. I could buy shit. I could have an expensive dinner. All that stuff. So I'd say twenty five thousand, and I think I could blow through that in about a month, month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole point is not to blow through it. The whole point is to. Just feel comfortable. That's the thing. You won't. No, but that's yeah. how I look. No, but that's how I look at it. Is it enough that I could go flow through it and have a great month, month and a half of life? Oh, so I see. I get it. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go. To a, let's go to an adult. Let's talk to an adult. I don't know that there's Sorry. two people on this earth more opposite than Neil and I. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. How much? 
I, uh, I'm obviously way closer to your thinking, Lenny. Uh, of and course. I think of it in terms of like emergency fund. Right. Like, of course. Everything goes to shit. Right. Can I pay my bills? I like six months in the bank. Yep. But this last uh, year has taught me that that's maybe not enough and oh, that's maybe a year in the bank of like literally nobody working. My wife out of work, me mm. out of work. Can we live for a year right. on the savings? Well, they were saying like I just read that 46 percent of the people uh, during the pandemic went through their entire nest egg that they were saving yeah. in case of this, you know, so yeah. for almost half yeah. the country went through it. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I may never even and with this pandemic, I may never have a number in there like 103,000. That's gone. You know, the, you know, it's it's a pipe dream at this point. But, you know, yeah. Um, Wait, yeah, I'm never going to feel comfortable. So you're placed in Israel. You've never said to yourself, I want to sell this so I can buy a condo in Miami or I want to sell this because then I'm going to go on vacation around the world. I'm going to sell this because I'm going to take a bunch of money and I'm going to eat out every night. Like that's never crossed your mind. No, it's nothing's going to cross my mind. I swear to God, Neil, nothing's going to cross my mind on something like that until I pay off this apartment. You know what I mean? Like once I pay off this apartment, I think I will, I'm down to the maintenance, which is still, my wife's still worried. Even if tomorrow I paid off this apartment and I died, she'd be like, how am I going to pay the maintenance? I'm like, you work. What are you talking about? You're going to pay the maintenance. You know? You yeah. Know? So, and then you'll be able to live off apparently all the money that I will be, I've been siphoning into that goddamn fake, you know, this stupid money account that it's got IRA and all the retirement money, hold on, all the retirement money that's in there and all that stuff to me is like a fake, it's some kind of weird pipe dream bank account that I'm never going to yeah. touch. It's just this weird number crunching that eventually just gets yep. passed on from generation to yeah. generation trying to make Birdie's life better than my life or my dad's life trying to make better for my life. And then some right. that her peace of mind. But for some reason, that money doesn't give me peace of mind. It just gives me more agita in some ways, you know? Because I can't touch it. Yeah. So, Neil, that right. money that, that, like, when you say take a trip around the world, I'll be like, you know, I'll call the financial advisor. They go, well, if you don't touch it until you're 65, you can get it. <laughs> and then they guilt you into keeping it there. It's brutal. All right, let me ask you guys in a different question then. If you get a bunch, if I gave you both $500,000 or uh, let's say you both got $500,000 tomorrow. Right. And you had to buy something big what would it be but that's what i'm saying i'm like, buying this apartment i'm buying an apartment with it that's, that's exactly that's exactly what i would do is the first thing i think is <laughs> one thing i would buy that new podcast equipment i was talking about so i don't have like 900 wires there but it's not going to be extravagant <laughs> or i would say neil how would you like to upgrade the biggest thing i would buy is neil how would you like to upgrade that car but i get to drive it whenever i want and I, and you keep it in whatever you gar- you pay for the garage i'll pay for the car that's my that's the biggest deal i could even think of neil to even pull off i can't park a range rover in that parking not a range rover it's like an suv <laughs> i need someone with a trunk Tony, what do you buy? You got to buy something big. What's your big purchase out there that's in your mind? That's and not like a dwelling. Um, man, it's. I don't know if I'm just such a simple 
I'm with you. There's nothing left. No, no. Here's what I'm going to tell you exactly what it is, Tony. You've got everything you need. That's all it is. We've That's been... exactly what it is. I'm I'm so happy in life. I've you know I've a roof over my head and we pay our bills and I'm so ha- I have everything I need in life. Yeah, and... yeah. There's nothing left when you get to our age. You bought all that stupid shit, Neil. You bought all the stuff that you throw away, <laughs> dumb shit on. Well, what yeah. about? Don't. What about? Okay, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give that restaurant fifty thousand dollars. I'm gonna take all my friends. I'm gonna have to take part. That, does that come to mind? No. 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 <laughs> no. See, see, Neil is like, you give him a chunk of money, he's already got it going. He's got a new car, Vegas, you know, trip around the world, oh, vacations. He's literally like a winner on the price is right. Like, that's the way he wants to live at all times, you know? And then in a month, Tony, it's all gone. It's all gone. And But he's had a great month and this great experience. And I totally get that. There are people out there like live in debt, like screw you. Vinny Brand used to do a whole thing. Like just live in debt, no problem, pass it down the road. What When I'm dead, the credit card yeah, company would be like, I can't get it. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I, mean, I had heard something a long time ago. It's like people treat unexpected money as if it's not money. It's What do they treat it? I don't get it. Like they treat like, it as they just throw it away. Like if... Yeah, like uh, someone uh, gives you, you know, like you inherit yeah. $10,000. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, I wasn't planning on getting this so I could blow it on something stupid. No, it's still $10,000. Mm-hmm. Do something smart with it. Yeah, I do. that's yeah. the problem. Here's my problem. I got to say, I'm going to give this to Neil and I'm ending this segment. The I wish that I was a little more like Neil. I wish I was a little bit more of a moron. With money. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. I went out. Yeah, I blew it on a car, but I live in Manhattan. What am I going to do with this car? I don't know. That's the two greatest sentences in a row that I've ever heard. I wish I was more like Neil. I wish I was more of a moron. (laughs) There you go. Let's move on. He's my moron, though. You know, I get it. He's living life. Yeah. I'm going to take you to the Bruce Springsteen concert, Lenny. There you go. Like, uh, I'll get Neil, you know. Perfect example, Tony, real quick. So Neil, we did Supermarket Sweep, and Neil keeps trying to take us out to this crazy fancy restaurant where you drive. It's a, it's a, and Gina wants to go. It's this farm to table restaurant up north a little yeah. bit, and it's like, yep. what's it like, three hundred dollars a person, Neil, or something like that? For yeah, this, I, it's not. It was a little much even for me, but yeah, I figured, what the hell? Yeah, he's exactly what the hell? What the hell? You got a house that you need to pay for out there. You got this expenses up the yin yang. You know, like it's during a pandemic. You know, like oh my god, Tony. Like, hey Neil, buy me a cookie. It's all. It's we're even. You know, like Jesus. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna shit it. You know, I asked one girlfriend I had, like, what do you want for your birthday? Your pair of shoes or food? And we used to do this in the show. I'm like, do you want to shit it or wear it? You know. And I'm like, you should, you should want to wear it. You know, because at yeah. least you'll wear it for a year or two years. One meal, yeah. it was great. I don't remember that restaurant in two years to save my life, you know, or whatever the, I the ate. The other thing, too, I'm the type of person, like, I would feel so guilty yeah. eating. Yeah. Because I'm like, maybe this is great, but there's not a chance in the world I'm getting more than $25 of enjoyment out of yeah, this. Also, for 300 a person, I could buy all the new podcast equipment. You know what I mean? Like, buy me the new <laughs> podcast equipment. Right. I don't need a meal. Right. I'll have pizza for $5. All right, here we I, go. I will be honest with you, Neil. I, I do like gear, like and especially audio gear and stuff like that. I, I do look at all that stuff, and, and I would probably buy a few of those things. Yeah, but uh, you wouldn't total more than two grand, I bet. No. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's well, do the. Would you go to a restaurant though that's like three hundred dollars? It's like one of those farm tables. They come out and tell you about the food. It's like, no, it's no. Like not, not, not. I wouldn't even consider it. No. Dollar slice of pizza, man. Yeah, it's there so good. Go. There you go. All right, Neil, hang up. I'll call you back. We'll do the quiz. All right. All right, bye. All right, it's me and you, Tony, I think. Yep, there All we right. go. All right, so this is Neil. The last time Neil was on the show, it was um, a quiz about Seinfeld, right? And you you kind of yes. trounced him. I believe so. So as the quiz master, uh, we gave <laughs> – you were very benevolent and gave Neil his choice of what the topic would be. And it's, he decided also sitcoms, general sitcoms. And um, – I'm going to – this is very easy. We try and make them real easy now, with, and they get a little harder, you know, because some of the – there's a lot of sitcoms over the years. And I think – Yeah. I'm going to say every one of these sitcoms, I think, but one is after 1965. 65 okay. or later, okay? All right. Um, and they're very famous, so you can't go wrong. Whether you saw them or not, yeah. you know, that's another thing. And I'll at least think I should have known it. Yes, yeah, so – and so I'm going to describe the show. I took these straight from Wikipedia. I'm going to describe the show, and you you just tell me the show. So if I said life as vice president oh, okay. are nothing like she expected, but everything she was warned about, the answer would be Veep. So Veep. Yes. there you go. Okay. So here All we right. go. 15 of these. All right. uh, whoever gets the most, Neil's in the soundproof booth, a.k.a. doing nothing. So here we go. <laughs> Okay, a former relief pitcher owns and runs a cozy bar in Boston. Cheers. Boom. There we go. Mensa smart best friends and physicist roommates have trouble in basic social situations, especially ones involving women. Big Bang Theory. Boom. Two for two. Best friends, roommates, and polar opposites work together at a brewery in Milwaukee. Uh, Laverne and Shirley. Nice. A successful sports writer and family man who deals with a brother and parents who happen to live across the street. Read that one again. A successful sports writer and family man deals with a brother and his parents who happen to live across the street. Is that Everybody Loves Raymond? Yes. Oh, okay. That's funny. I didn't remember the sports writer part. (laughs) Well, you know. And accidentally... An accidentally heroic and chronically inept captain is given command of Fort Courage, Kansas, a dumping ground for the Army's least useful men at the end of the Civil War. Oh. This is a hard one. You got to go back for this one. That's my hint. Um, end of the Civil War. One of my favorites. You can come back to it if you want. Yeah, let's, uh, let me pause that one and come back to it. All right. The family at 1313 Mockingbird Lane is a little different. Dad, her, dad looks like Frankenstein's monster, and Mom and her dad are vampires. And the Adam's son... Adam's family? Mm, I'm sorry, Tony. Yeah. Oh. That would be, <laughs> that would be uh, the monsters. Oh. Uh, I... Ah. All right, here we go. A husband and wife relocate from New York City into a small town in Vermont where they run uh, the historic Stafford Inn. Uh, Newhart. Yes. Uh, A junk dealer runs roughshod over his son and partner. Uh, Sanford and son. Yep. 
At the Eastland School for Young Women, house mother is the caretaker and confidant for a special group of girls. Facts of life. Yes. Two brothers, Joe and Brian, run a one-plane commuter service from a small Nantucket airport. Wings. Nice. Okay. Dre Johnson has it all. A great job, beautiful wife, four kids, and a big home and classy neighborhood. But as a black man, he begins to question whether all his success has brought too much cultural assimilation for his family. Is that blackish? Yes, it is. All right. <laughs> Number 12, a neurotic man in his late 20s who has convinced himself that he's destined to be one of the best rappers of all time. Hmm. I don't know that one. All right. We'll come back. We'll see if Neil can come up with that one. Um, A perpetually (laughs) flustered but eternally optimistic New York City bus driver living with his wife in a small Brooklyn apartment. Uh, King of Queens? Oh, so close. Nope. No. What what did I say? Did you say Brooklyn apartment? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The high commander. King of Queens. Yeah. That's <laughs> all right. Now you know how we feel when you give us the trivia question. Yeah. Uh, the high commander of an alien expedition lands on Earth, what he considers to be the most, the least important planet. Wow. It's not Mark and Mindy, is it? No. One of my favorites, though, when we get to it. The hilarious right. antics of staffers at WNYX, the fictional number two radio station serving New York. The characters are eccentric, witty, and sarcasm is the name of the game as they surprise one another with back-and-forth banter. This is hard, but it's a good show. Uh, I can't ask if it's new or old. If it's what? Like, is it like a recent or is it an old one? Mm, well, I think it we're yeah. past 1980. I'll give you that. All right, say it one more time. The hilarious antics of staffers at WNYX, the fictional number two radio station serving New York. The characters are eccentric, witty, and sarcasm is the name of the game as they surprise one another with back-and-forth banter. All right, I know this, but i got to think of it. News radio. Yes, very good. Okay, number five, an accidentally heroic and chronically inept captain. I'm going to give you a hint now. Wilton Palmiter is the captain. Is given command of Fort Courage, Kansas, a dumping ground for the Army's least useful men at the end of the Civil War. I don't know. My my first instinct was Gomer Pyle, but I know that's close. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five. You got 10 out of 15. Pretty good. That's not bad. Not I'll bad. take that. 10 out of 15. All right. Let's call up my favorite moron. <laughs> I don't know. He'll, he surprises you sometimes, but it's it, I like it when it's 10 out of 15 because it gives him an actual chance. Yeah. And then he it's up to him not to screw it up, but he does. Hold on. We'll get him. Okay, do I got a chance? All right, hold on. Let me get everybody back in. You there, Tony? Hello? Yep, you're there, Tony? Yep. All right, we got everybody. All right, you got a chance. Tony got 10 out of 15. Okay. So you got a chance. You got All right. All right, you wanted a sitcom quiz? You got a sitcom quiz, Neil. So 
This is I I went to Wikipedia and paraphrased a little bit, took some of their descriptions. I'm going to describe the show. All you got to do is tell me the sitcom name. So if I said life as vice president is nothing like she expected, but everything she was warned about, you'd say. Does this, does this count? Or does no. This just a practice. practice. Uh, I don't know. What, say that again. <laughs> life as vice president is nothing like she expected, but everything she was warned about. You would say oh, Veep. Veep, see? Or is it easy? Yeah. This Neil, this is gonna be cake. Ten out of right, fifteen. So I got one. That, no, that, that, counts no that. that doesn't count. That doesn't count. I'm sorry. <laughs> I heard the fact you could count that. There was an option there. Sorry, sweetie. You can't count. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Number one. Let's go. Neil for all the marbles. A former relief pitcher owns and runs a cozy bar in Boston. Cheers. Nice. All right. All you got to do is get another 11. Mensa Smart, or maybe 10. Mensa Smart best friends and physicist roommates have trouble in basic social situations, especially ones involving women. Big Bang Theory. Nice. Two for two. Best friends, roommates. Oh, let me give you, I, I can give you a hint too, Neil. Every sitcom is six, 1965 or later except for one. Okay. Okay. All right. Best friends, roommates, and polar opposites work together at a brewery in Milwaukee. Laverne and Shirley. Three for three. There you go. But Tony also got three <laughs> for three. All right. How about this one? <laughs> a successful sports writer and family man who deals with a brother and his parents who happen to live across the street. Mm, that's a tough way to say it again. A successful sports writer and family man who deals with a brother and parents who happen to live across the street. Oh, Ray Romano. Wait, what's the name of the show? Everybody, everybody loves Ray. There you go. Four for four. All right. <laughs> it's a tie ball game. All right. An accidentally heroic and chronically inept captain is given command of Fort Courage, Kansas, a dumping ground for the Army's least useful men at the end of the Civil War. An accidentally (laughs) heroic and chronically inept captain is given command of Fort Courage, Kansas, a dumping ground for the Army's least useful men at the end of the Civil War. Gomer Pyle? Oh, that's what Tony gets, too. Sorry. F Troop. Ah, F Troop. I knew it sounded a little too current. Civil, oh, well, all right. All right. The family at 1313 Mockingburn Lane is a little different. The dad looks like Frankenstein's monster. The mom and her dad are vampires, and son, the son is a werewolf. Uh, Adam's family. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the same mistake he made. made. That's the mon- exactly what I said. The monsters. Oh, yeah, I thought you, because you said monster. I was like, you wouldn't say monster in the question. 1313, well, what do you mean? Monster, monster, it's two different words. Yeah, but I thought you wouldn't give away the question, so that's why I guess I was saying 1313 Mockingbird Lane is the monsters. All right, here we go. You're still tied. A husband and wife relocate from New York City to a small town of Vermont where they run the historic Stafford Inn. Damn it. And my first wait. What's the first part again? Say the first part. A husband and wife relocate from New York City to a small town in Vermont, where they run the historic Stafford Inn. Shit! I got three guesses on this, and they're all wrong. Uh, well, I'll take the least wrong. I'll one? I don't go with the two wrong guesses, which is Green Acres, and then 
You want to try? Coat Junction, and then, so it's got to be none of those. It's uh, <laughs> exactly. Fuck, I don't know. I don't know that one. I'll, I'll just go with Green Acres. I know it's wrong. And the collapse begins. A new heart. No, I wouldn't have got it. What? Did you get that, Tony? That's a classic. Yeah, I yeah did. you got that. And that's one of the greatest endings to a sitcom in yes. all time. Uh, maybe the greatest. Okay, here yeah. we go. Um, no, next one, number eight. A junk dealer runs roughshod over his son and partner. Yeah, you go. All right. Neely's still down one. At the Eastland School for Young Women, house mother is the caretaker and confidant of a special group of girls. Facts of life. Nice. That one he knows. He knows the facts of life, but doesn't know the monster. Two brothers. Do I get bonus if I get them quicker? No. But you do help the show since we're over. Two brothers, Joe and Brian, run a run a one plane commuter service from a small Nantucket airport. Wings. Nice. Everybody I'm rolling wings. now. I'm rolling. You're still down one. All right. Dre Johnson has it all. A great job. Beautiful wife. Four kids and a big home in a classy neighborhood. But as a black man, he begins to question whether all his success has brought too much cultural assimilation for his family. Oh, shit. <laughs> Say the first part again. Dre Johnson has it all. A great job, beautiful wife, four kids, and a big home and classy neighborhood. But as a black man, he begins to question whether all his success has brought too much cultural assimilation for his family. Damn it. I, don't, I mean, I don't know even where to go. Uh... <laughs> Is it super popular, this one? No comment. <laughs> Was it a big hit? What, what kind of job does he do? Dude, you know this show. We All we do is talk about it. <laughs> this show? We talk about this show? All the time. Can't think of anything right now. Uh, no, you're done. Shit. It's called Blackish, Neil. Blackish. Oh, shit. I, I, I got stuck in Martin, thinking Martin, and I, I, I thought you'd do Night Court and Martin. I can't get... Uh, they're bringing back Night, Night Court, Court, by the way. What? They're bringing back Night Court. Get out of here. I swear to God, they're bringing back Night Court, even without Harry Anderson, which is ridiculous. And then uh, yeah. it's Bernadette from The Big Bang Theory. What's her name? Um, but she's his like law, his daughter or something like that. So I don't know if she's the judge. I don't know if she's in it. I don't, I, huh. I, I don't know what the deal is, but it's coming back. Yep. A neurotic man in his late 20s has convinced himself he's destined to be one of the best rappers of all time. Uh, uh, the Little Dicky, that sitcom? The Little, that show? What's the name of it? Dave? Yes! Neil Potter! Whoa. There you go. What, what is it? It's called Dave. It's on now. It's on FX now. That's Neil's uh, one shot again. All right, Neil, you, that's a good one. You're still down by right. one, I think. Yep, yeah, you're down by one. You have three questions left, Neil. Down by oh, one. Yeah, I got chance. You have an actual chance. Yeah. Hit. Don't choke. A perpetually flustered but eternally optimistic New York City bus driver living with his wife in a small Brooklyn apartment. The honeymoon. Yes. Uh-huh. There it is. They are tied. They are oh, tied. Man. Tony choked on that. Said King of Queens. I did. King of Queens, right after he said Brooklyn. All right, <laughs> Neil. Said, Neil. All right, Neil. You know, have... I would have. I yeah. I don't know. I was waiting for some of these older ones. I knew Lenny would go old at the end. Here we go, Neil. 
there's two left. All you got to do is get any one of the two. I was waiting for the odd couple. That's what I've been waiting for. Okay. You got one or two. You get one of these last two, you win. If you get none of them, we have we go to the tiebreaker. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> Tony's in sweating. All right. I am. <laughs> the, hi, the high commander. Oh, actually, Tony. Wait, wait. One. Let me see what Neil has. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, nine. Zero. Neil has nine because of the... Dave and the Honeymooners. Okay, here we go. Yeah. The high commander of an alien expedition lands on Earth, what he considers to be the the least important planet. Oh, shit. I know that one. I just can't think of the name. Uh, oh, shit. John Liskow's in it, right? It's uh... This is for the tie, Neil. Oh, shit. Two for the win. I can't think of one the name the of it. It's, uh, wait, just give me a second. Uh, Don't cheat. We just spoke about this. No, I'm not cheating. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Uh, it's like uh, you just said you're a cheater. Uh, we heard you say it. Oh shit! I'm not gonna be able to think of it. All right, it's here we go. Five All seconds. Right, I, I'm not gonna be able to think. Of it. Can I say it? Go ahead. Third rock from the sun. <laughs> All right, Neil. Yeah, funny. I did not get it, but as soon as you say Lithgow, I was like, that's what it is. I can't yeah. believe I blew it. All right, after double checking my scores here, one, two, three, four. You are you are tied. So, Neil, you get this, you win. You don't get this, you tie. We go to the end. We, uh, is it, wait, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. You are tied. You get this, you win, Neil. <clears throat> The hilarious antics of staffers at WNYX, the fictional number two radio station serving New York. The characters are eccentric and witty, and sarcasm is the name of the game as they surprise one another with back-and-forth banter. Well, my first instinct right here, of course, is the famous WKRP in Cincinnati, but it's in Cincinnati, so it can't be that. <laughs> that was my instinct, too. It's also, I actually... I also say the name is WNYX. I mean... News Radio. I'm sorry, what? News Radio. Neil Potter has won final. (laughs) News Radio is correct. Oh, that was nice. This is a big moment in my life. That is a big moment. He knocked off the trivia master at trivia, and Tony will hate himself forever for saying King of Queens. (laughs) I know. Oh, that was so from Brooklyn. Ah, oh, so sad. All right, the way we uh, end the show. I'm sorry, Tony, but thanks for playing. But it really doesn't matter because yeah, you don't that, win anything. Nobody wins anything. You just gonna. That you, was so much fun. Though. The you problem is, win. I win self-respect and dignity. There you go. That's what it is. <laughs> some people want peace of mind. Some people want self-respect and dignity. Now, here's the thing. It sets up another. It's the showdown of uh, one win each for the next time Tony comes on. Oh, yeah. You guys, nice. and we'll, we can take a consensus of what you guys for the, want for the next one, but we'll get there at some point, hopefully when the pandemic's yeah. over and we'll have it in person, as always. Okay, yeah. the way we end the show is one good thing or one bad thing of the week. Um, let me start. I'm going to go with the polar vortex. This week I heard that the polar vortex is coming. Oh, my God. So this week, right now, it's like 48 degrees outside. It's like one of the, best days in January you'll ever see and I'm going for a walk right after I hang up Um, it's going to be a nice day and then starting Sunday and into Martin Luther King Day for like the next 15 days it is going to be brutal outside Um, 
Bundle up, kids. Winter is getting long. Gina and I both agree that January is taking a very long time. Neil? <laughs> yeah. Neil, go ahead. One good thing, one bad thing in the week. Well, I mean, my bad thing is definitely the Steelers. I put a lot of time into that this year because I have a lot of <laughs> put into that. Yep. And I'm in I'm in Pennsylvania, so I really, really went all in on the Steelers and I was like reading the blogs and I've been I didn't really like into it and my brother's my brother has Adrian and he's really into it so I was like so excited he got to see the Steelers. So that that was that was a crusher and and remind me not to put too much in the sport. Oh, there you go. So uh, you, your nephew was crying too? Oh it's so great. Yeah, it was really we got the terrible <laughs> pals out. It was just a real it was a calamity. It was so embarrassing, so bad. And then my good thing is, and I don't know if this could be attached. Most people say it's attached. Is I've always envisioned myself. I watch them like when they're in Ocean's Eleven. They always have the whiskey glass, and I, it, I you know, I, I finally drank whiskey, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great. I'm not a whiskey drinker. I'm not a big drinker, but I drank whiskey. And so that was my good thing. Uh, what, was, well, I, what kind of whiskey? What kind of whiskey? So people know how much you spend on this bottle. And I know if you, since you're such a high roller, it's probably a high end whiskey. So <laughs> believe I went with a low end bottle of whiskey from uh, Ireland. I, I visited Ireland, so I went with a, uh, a Jameson from Ireland, All right. and it wasn't bad. And and I only did it one night, but I had like only a glass, but it felt good, like swirling the gra- glass around, mm-hmm. and, like it just felt good. I think yeah. what well, there's I think, something very uh, classy about that. I think what I'm hearing is the pandemic. What I'm hearing, Neil, is uh, the pandemic has forced you into a bunker in Pennsylvania, and there's nothing to do with it but get soused. <laughs> That's what I heard. But yeah, you drink, I've Tony. <laughs> I've reached new lows. Is what, yeah. what I'm saying. Go ahead, Tony. You, you first of all, answer Neil's question. You drink uh, whiskey? I do. I started. It was funny. It was years ago. I was up in Canada, uh, and I. Uh, it was, it was after I'd started wearing a suit uh, yep. to perform, yep. and I'd gotten, like, a gin and tonic from the uh, bartender. I'm like, does this look like kind of Rat Pack? He goes, not yeah. with a gin and tonic. <laughs> 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 I was like, yeah, I should start drinking a, a darker liquor like a man. So yeah. I, I landed on bourbon uh, to, uh, oh, wow. as an homage to my southern roots. Oh, so, I, I, yeah, I like bourbon. I see you with one of those now, big no, glasses. Hold on, Neil. I, I see one of those big glasses where you put the – with the big top to it and you have it between your fingers and you're telling stories, you know, like yes. after <laughs> yeah. dinner, what is that called? Like a <laughs> Irish Bailey's or something. Bailey's ice cream. Oh yeah. No, I do like a, I can't, I still can't do bourbon straight, mm. uh, but I'll do like an old fashioned. Uh, I like that. All right, Tony. Uh, sorry, Neil. Did you have a question for him? Cause we got to end this show. We're way over. Yeah. Like so wait, when you're, open, you're alone at night and you're, and you're trying to unwind, and you pour yourself a glass of bourbon, and then you like sip it. Uh, no, I I won't do it straight, but I will make an old fashioned or like a, a bourbon and ginger. It's really good. But being by yourself alone, you'll just pour one. Rare, very, very rarely. Uh, almost never. I, that's a, I want to get to that point. Yeah. Drinking on my yeah, just yeah. something about drinking by myself yeah. is always. Neil's uh, very close depressing. to that. Neil's drinking on a porch somewhere in the middle of Pennsylvania, <laughs> crying. When's it gonna end? When's it gonna end? All right, um, <laughs> Tony. One good thing or one bad thing of the week? You don't have to do both. Uh, good thing is uh, I scheduled my vaccines. And, oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, 
two weeks I get the first one, and six weeks I'm done. Damn, you're a superhero. We could have had you, if you, I would have known that, we could have had you in because you would have been vaccinated. Yeah, I'm going to walk around maskless. <laughs> Holy shit. Great, I wouldn't do that because people no, still get yelled at 24-7. <laughs> okay, exactly. Tony Deo's website is TonyDeo.com. His Twitter, is Instagram, I love about him. It's all at Tony Deo. It's so, you yes. know, it's so, you know, that's the way you do it, people. And I would like yes. to tell you about his latest CD called Secret Headliner. You can hear Tony all over Sirius Radio, but if you go by the Secret Headliner CD, you will be laughing in your homes during the pandemic. And by the time you're done laughing hopefully the pandemic will be over um yes tony thank you so much for coming in and doing this with us via it is always a blast to have you on you're a really good guest um all right we'll see for the quiz joe that's that's been so amazing yeah the quiz thank you so much for those quizzes yeah it's keeping us sane um, hopefully they... Thank you guys for playing. I, uh, if it wasn't for you guys, I'd be sitting in my uh, <laughs> apartment staring at a screen. Yeah, you'd be playing with Carson. Drinking whiskey. Yes, drinking whiskey by myself. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Four Corners Podcast was created, hosted, produced, and engineered by me, Lenny Marcus. Executive producers Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast.